my name is Emily Hines, and I attend Houston City Council meetings, and I take notes, and then I share them with you. So today's notes are from the council meeting on July 20th, 2022. This episode includes part two of the redistricting public hearings, but there is non-redistricting stuff to go over as well. But I'm going to start with the final redistricting public hearing. So council district boundaries are redrawn every 10 years because of the census. Council district criteria includes districts with roughly equal population sizes, intact voting precincts, preservation of neighborhoods, shared community interests, geographical boundaries, and providing equal opportunity for constituents to elect candidates of their choice. City Attorney Arturo Michelle introduced the redistricting public hearing by emphasizing that this proposed map is a draft and changes can be made. Today is the last public hearing, but written feedback can be submitted until July 29th at 4.45 p.m. Giving comment at the regular city council meeting next week is also an option. Demographer Jerry Wood went over the proposed changes to the map again, but I didn't notice any changes from what he went over last week, so please see my notes from July 13th for the overview. I recorded 36 public speakers. I'm not going to go over all of them. I will exclude some comments that didn't garner much conversation, but I do want to say thank you to everyone who participated, um, whether you called in or one person. It's not the easiest process to, uh, to navigate, so uh, I and many other people who are watching and listening saw you and appreciated your engagement. I'm going to do a small overview before I detail some of the speakers. Nine people advocated for the preservation of Hispanic opportunity districts. Four people supported the forthcoming redistricting map proposal from Houston in action. Three people praised the inclusivity of this redistricting process. And in fairness, I must include that one person complained that the process was rushed. Three people did not want Rice Campus to move from District C to D. Three people are in favor of keeping at-large council members. They were under attack last week, if you remember. Two people asked that Freedmanstown, Fourth Ward, stay in District C. And finally, several people used interpreters to give their feedback, which we don't see enough of at City Council. Okay, here are some of the speakers. Number one, a member of the League of United Latin American Citizens, or LULAC, asked for the protection of Hispanic Opportunity Districts, H, I, and J. Some Hispanic people live in the shadows and are afraid to answer the census. Gentrification is happening, and if we keep chipping away at these opportunity districts, this will be an even greater issue in 10 years. Councilmember Pollard, who represents District J, said that under the new map, the Hispanic population in J is still a majority. He pointed out that there are no majority black neighborhoods in J, yet he was still elected. He said, quote, let's make sure all people have a voice and not just focus on one community, end quote, which was a very all lives matter thing to say. Councilmember Cisneros agreed with this speaker, but pointed out that District H is receiving a heavy Hispanic population in the north. To balance out the majority, white precinct H is proposed to receive from downtown, which is ironically also the same precinct that includes downtown's incarcerated population, and it's safe to say that population is not majority white. Councilmember Gallego said that there are many undocumented and underage Hispanic people living in District J that cannot vote, and we need to make sure they are represented. Number two, this speaker asked that Freedmanstown stay in District C, where they already have connections with District C neighborhoods. They said that the ward system was torn apart when the state built freeways that divided communities, and now we have an opportunity to reconnect. Number three, 
This speaker praised the inclusive redistricting process that, quote, finally gave people an opportunity to be a part of the process and not to feel processed, as many of the time that's what occurs, end quote. She made sure to say she was applauding the process and not the map. The executive directors of the Chinese Community Center and the Southwest Management District both asked that Precinct 507 stay in District F as proposed. Number five, this speaker asked that communities with shared interests are equally dispersed and adequately represented. They support the forthcoming map proposal from Houston in Action. Number six was Zion Escobar, a Freedmanstown community member who testified last week but came back again this week. Last week, she asked City Council to make Freedmanstown proposed move to District H make sense. This week, she asked for it to be made right. She said, Abby Kamen has been making it right. She has been hitting home runs for us. Escobar prefers to stay in District C so as not to destabilize the relationships they have built with the surrounding community and leadership. But if a move is necessary, she suggested it might make more sense to move to District I because Freedmanstown has roots there as well. She mentioned Antioch Baptist Church. Number seven. This LULAC member advocated for 16 single-member council districts and would even consider 32. They want to reduce the population represented by each council member to lighten the load and enable more equal representation. They warned that if this council doesn't take action to increase single-member districts, they will be remembered as a council and mayor that didn't treat citizens equally. They said street flooding allowed in District D would never happen in District G. Mayor Turner didn't like that, and he asked that people bring consistent street flooding to his attention personally. He said, quote, I'm not sitting here ignoring one area at the benefit of another. I take that as, and then he was probably going to say personal insult or something like that, but he stopped himself and he said, let me just stay with the issue. Number eight, this LULAC member said inner city violence is sending people to the suburbs, cautioned against moving Hispanic populations out of districts J and H and said, there are term limits. Enjoy your tenure. He concluded with a quote from Cesar Chavez. Preservation of one's own culture does not require contempt or disrespect for other cultures. Number nine, this uh, LULAC member mentioned the LULAC redistricting task force's own proposed map and said, Houston is the most diverse city in the country, except when it comes to our local elected officials. He said Houston is 45% Latino, but there's only one Hispanic council member. He suggested many map changes, including taking significantly from District F to support the Hispanic population in J, which Councilmember Thomas, who represents District F, did not like. Some notable quotes that I wrote down. To remove from us and to continue to split neighborhoods like Precinct 507 is disruptive to work that we have done and disrupts what we have established in an already fragmented district that has not had equitable and valuable leadership for substantial long time. She also said, I don't want the narrative that because you don't see yourself that you are not represented, especially in District F. I'm going to take care of District F as family. Number 10. This speaker complained about the lack of Hispanic representation on city council and asked that H and J's Hispanic majority be protected. They said, it's hard to be asking for the same thing over and over again. It's like we're invisible. We, we're here and we have a lot to offer, end quote. She hopes the next mayor will be more receptive to these ideas. Mayor Turner took offense and said, I cannot let you get away with that. He listed all of the Hispanic officials he's put in place, such as former police chief Art Acevedo and current fire chief Sam Pena, as well as many department directors. 
He said, quote, if the next mayor can do more than this one, then power to that mayor, end quote. Next, number 11, was a representative from Pure Justice who advocated for maps based on shared needs rather than race. He said we need maps that focus on those that have life-changing needs, and it's not right that politicians are put in a position where they feel they need to please everyone in order to keep their seat. He said, quote, I'm tired of fighting for the same things that I read about in history class, end quote. Number 12, this speaker advocated to keep Rice Campus in District C. Mayor Turner said that universities are larger than the district they are in and said, I'm just at a loss on this one. Councilmember Kamen and the speaker tried to explain that the Rice Campus is interconnected with the neighborhood infrastructure of District C and separating it would be detrimental. Turner said, I'm a product of Uni University of Houston. I don't care where it is. The district doesn't matter. I would think owls are the same. Number 13 was Houston Inaction Director of Public Policy Juan Cardoza Oquendo, and he thanked the city for the deadline extension and is pleased with some elements of the map, but Houston Inaction has suggestions and plans to submit a map of their own. He also said the simultaneous interpretation provided at redistricting meetings has been great, but it would be even better if it was at all council meetings. Number 14, this speaker advocated for at-large council members and supports the proposed changes to districts C and H. They encourage people who want to get involved in local politics to explore the many paths available, such as super neighborhoods and various boards, and that there are people in place to help them figure out a path to leadership positions, like council members and even the mayor. I think the intention here was good, but they really seem to miss the point that the reason to advocate for Hispanic opportunity districts and representation is because there are so many undocumented and underage people who these paths are close to. And those are the public speakers. I will now move on to the regular council session, starting with the mayor's report. Mayor Turner was back in the council chamber today, wearing a mask and still recovering from something. He mentioned a health episode and said, I'm back, not fully back, but I am here. And he thanked everyone for keeping things running in his absence. I did some light interneting and found a mention of an oral surgery on July 15th that kept him from his duties. I'm glad he's on the road to recovery, and I really hope he's able to rest as much as possible so he can get all the way there. Mayor Turner went over the gun buyback event on July 30th. It will be at Wheeler Baptist Church from 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. No questions asked. Gift cards in exchange for guns. Anticipating criticism, Turner was on the defense and said the gun buyback program is not the panacea, but is one element in the city's holistic approach to violent crime reduction. On criticism that it would be better to spend this money on more police, Turner said we are already doing that. The largest amount of funding in the One Safe Houston plan goes to police overtime. Most of the funding earmarked for mental and behavioral health services also goes to the police because those programs are administered by HPD. Mayor Turner said, we haven't denied them anything they ask for. We give them tons of resources, end quote. Since January, February of this year, the homicide rate has been flat compared to last year. Other crimes have gone down. This was a tune change. Up until a couple of weeks ago, the city was claiming a 2% reduction in the homicide rate, so I thought that was interesting. Mayor Turner said they are specifically doing the gun buyback event before the next school season to be proactive. Next, he talked about how Houston is trying to get more monkeypox vaccines, and finally... While looking through his notes, he said, I'm going to reduce this because we are already past noon and my stomach is demanding a response. 
So here are some agenda items. Agenda item six, approved increased spending on record retrieval services for various litigation matters. And I was just thinking, I don't know, maybe they could let the federal government know about this so they can retrieve those text messages. Agenda item nine, extended a contract with commemorative Air Force and Wings Over Houston for air shows at Ellington Airport for the next five years. I'm grumpy about this one because I'm grumpy about glorifying the military and wasting jet fuel. That is all. Agenda item 12 approved a $336,000 contract for x-ray inspection systems for the police department. Agenda item 17 approved taking a city council break on August 9th and 10th. Yay. Agenda item 21 and 22 approved HPD to apply for a rifle resistant body armor initiative grant and a bulletproof vest grant. From the support documents, quote, HPD is committed to the safety of its officers and works to ensure all officers get to go home to their own families at the end of the day. This commitment to the safety of our officers requires that the department equip all HPD classified personnel with protective body armor. This equipment is especially important for our frontline personnel, including those who regularly encounter the most violent offenders in the city, the Tactical Operations Division, end quote. All I have to say is they better head straight into active shooter situations and quickly because gun violence victims, including our children, do not have such luxuries. Agenda items 26 through 31 all deal with ordinances that prohibit the use of groundwater for public consumption because of past contaminations in districts B, G, and F. 26, 28, and 29 were pulled from the agenda, meaning the administration decided last minute they shouldn't be considered today. And Councilmember Castix Tatum tagged 31, which isn't even in her district. There was no discussion, but they stood out to me, so I wanted to point them out. Agenda items 32 through 36 all approve ordinances that will allow work to move forward on those flood retention projects and parks that we went over last week. Five thumbs up from me. And that's it. That was the meeting. This was another long one, so I skipped the council member pop-off, but if you really want to, you can go watch it yourself on HTV or the city's Facebook page where they archive everything. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters, and the Patreon is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes. If you're able, we really appreciate it. You can find resources for this episode, including where to watch meetings, how to find your council member, all in the show notes. This week's episode has music from Joe Wozni, who also recorded this episode, and it was produced by Connor Clifton. All right, everyone, I'm Emily Hines, and I thank you so much for listening. 